What God wants me to talk about today is something that's very dear to my heart. All right? And it's very dear to Michelle's heart. It is just, uh, it's, it's a subject that actually is the very core of the church. Okay? And it's a subject that gets pushed to the back burner quite often. And, and, and we'll talk about that some more later. But the, the, the title of today's message and the topic that I want to talk about is missions. And, and I titled this Missions in the Local Church. Now what I want you to understand is that, that because there's not a clear understanding of what missions is and what missions is all about, people hear that term and they automatically think of just missionary on the field. Missionary in Africa. Morgan, our missionary in Eswatini, which, by the way, the update on her is the unrest is settling. Thank God for the prayers. It's, it, and they're already back to working on their house, and they're, they're moving forward with that. So thank you guys for, for continuing to pray for them, because that's our missionary. We want to we take care, care of them. But, but there's more to missions than just going overseas. Now, that is a big part. Please don't, don't think I'm, I'm, I'm belittling that, because that's my heart. We've done it. We've been there. And, and my daughter, bless her heart, that is just, she's got the same bug in her. Anna, she, would, she just wants to travel the world and reach people. And that's my heart also, right? But God has got me pastoring to reach people, and I'm okay with that. But missions is a very, very important topic, and it's a very vital part of Compass Church, Okay? Because, it's, in, matter of fact, it's a part of our vision. That's our vision right on the wall back there. Over there is the vision, and above this door on the top is our mission statement. Now, our vision is that we're, we're going to go uh, closer, uh, higher in worship, closer in discipleship, further in outreach, reach, and deeper in devotion. Now, we're going to accomplish that by loving God, leading people, growing disciples, and winning the world. All right? And if you notice... There's two of those that are very specifically geared around missions, all right? And that is growing disciples and winning the world. And you can actually gauge your success of any, this church or your life or any ministry on whether you're doing those two things. Because we're all called to, be, to do outreach. We're all called to missions. Matter of fact, everybody say, I'm a missionary. That's right. How many of you have been on a short-term mission trip? Wow, that's awesome. That's really good. You know, if you haven't been on a mission trip, I really encourage you to go. You know, a lot of people think that, that, that the mission trip is all about the country that you're going to or the other, other state or wherever you're going and, and, and what you're doing. And yes, that does help. But short-term missions is more about the person that goes. And anybody, any of you that have ever been, come back, you're different. And especially as Americans, because we are so entitled and we're so blessed to have such an abundance. And when you go to these other places, and especially some of these other countries, these third world countries, and you, you realize how much little they're living on and how much peace and how much joy and how much happiness they have, even though they don't have all of the things and the blessings that we have, it really is, it'll change your life. And I encourage you to go. And that's why we, we, we keep we keep a mission trip on the, sca- on the calendar, right? And because of COVID, all of that has gotten uh, changed up. And so we're going we're, we're gonna to get back into those things. And we're going to get back to Ukraine. And we're going to get back to Africa because it's important. It's a part of our vision. 
It, that, is, that is exactly what God has called Compass Church to do, right? And so as, since that's what he's called us to do, and that is the backbone of what we do, it's important that I keep that in front of you. That's why I, I, I preach on, periodically God has me preach on missions, because we can't lose sight of, of that's a part of what we do. And it, it ultimately, when we and I get done, you're going to realize that's actually a part of what the church does, right? That's our, the very vision of the church, right? Because in Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people will perish. So we want to keep that in front of you and keep, keep you passionate about that because that's my passion. My passion is people. I don't care where you are. I don't care who you are. I don't care what color you are. I don't care about your nationality. I don't care if we even speak the same language. Actually, I enjoy it a lot of times when we don't speak the same language because it's just so much fun trying to figure out what in the world are you saying. I don't know, but we're having fun doing it, right? You know? But listen, the Big C Church has a vision. And the vision of the Big C Church is to reach the world. It's to reach the lost. Reach the lost. And I'm going to tell you something. A lot of times my passion will come out in my messages because I get excited. And if you don't have a passion for people like that, I encourage you to stir it up and create one. Because I'm going to tell you something. There is nothing greater. Nothing greater than just trying to think and figure out ways to get the message of the good news of Jesus Christ to every place on this earth. I mean, it's, 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 I'm so honored to be called to do this. You know, I don't live in the biggest house. I don't drive the fanciest cars. I don't have the most elaborate clothing in the tool. I don't have all, but I have a blessed life. And I'm happy. And I love that God has put that passion in, in me. Because I'm going to tell you something. I have a desire for people in my heart. And I've traveled all over this world. And I've had so much privilege to get to shake hands with people from all nationalities. And to meet people that we can't really communicate other than a smile. And you know how we do when we talk loud. You know, thinking they understand what we say when we talk loud. Hi, nice to meet you. And they're like, you know, what in the world? I I don't know what you just said. You know, I don't know why we do that. But I love people. And when I've traveled, I've seen so much pain. So much pain. And as a pastor, when I travel and I see that, it breaks my heart. Because what will fix the pain in the world? Jesus will fix the pain. There's so many people in our very city that want their life fixed. They want to pay a doctor to fix their life. They want, to, they, want everything, they want to do everything natural to try to fix it. But they don't want to start with Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, that's the only way that it's going to happen. And it's only going to happen if people reach people. Right? Because God's not going to magically fall down in everyone's heart. He gave us free will to choose. And you've got to always remember, it takes people to reach people. People to reach people. Somebody's got to go. And somebody's got to preach, and somebody's got to teach, and somebody's got to talk about it. Glory to God. And that's why we are all called in some capacity to be a missionary, right? You know, think about the desires in your heart. Some people have had a desire in their heart to be in other nations for a long time. 
But they get so natural-minded that they, they are so focused on what it will cost to do that. I just can't do that. My family won't like me anymore, blah, 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 this, that, and other. And before you know it, they've talked themselves out of going. But God's plan for their life was to go to China or to go to Taiwan or to go to Malaysia and to go and to, and to be a voice and to take the good news to them. Now, they're not walking that plan out for them, right? Those desires and those God-given dreams, they line up with the plan of God for your life. And I want to encourage you. I, I, there was a guy that graduated with me from Raymond, and I'll never forget. He, he was right before we graduated. He wasn't sure what he was going to do, and he was, and he, he, he had, he didn't really know where he was going to go. And he said, "I just really have had Indonesia on my heart," and uh, and I haven't talked to him in a while, um, but he saved up enough money to get a plane ticket, a one way ticket. And he saved up enough money right before graduation for about four weeks of money to spend, to live off of. And he left. And he left. He, now, I'm not telling you to do this. Now, he had been praying and seeking God to do this, you know. But what he did do is he followed that desire in his heart. And he left. And he's never come back. He's been there. And, now, and God opened doors the minute he landed. When he put his feet on the soil, he knew this is it. I took a step of faith, and this was the right thing. But he pursued that desire, right? Now, that's a missionary that was called to go to other nations. See, we're all called to something. Not everybody's called to go to other nations. Amen? But we're all called because we're all missionary, right? And when you understand all the hurt that's in this world, and you truly understand that you have the answer to what they need, come on, then you that desire for people will just come alive on the inside of you. Because there shouldn't be any empty seats in church. Now, I'm not picking on anybody here. I'm talking about the big C church. I love statistics, and their numbers are doing this. right? But, But see, there shouldn't be any empty seats because we know what the hurting world needs. We just need to be bold enough to do what we've been called to do, and that is to teach it and to preach it and to share it and to reach out to our lost and hurting friends, our lost and hurting family members, our lost and hurting co-workers, our lost and hurting students in our classrooms. There's so much pain around us, but sometimes the church gets so closed-minded. Right? They're more worried about seeing churches. Just let me go there and get my problems fixed. I'm not worried about the rest of the world. But yet we've been called. We've been called to take the good news, right? And see, a lot of times is we begin to, to as a church family, and thank God this, is, this doesn't happen here, all right? But I'm talking about in church in general because I've seen this happen many times. And it's one reason why we, we talk about this a lot, so it doesn't happen. But a lot of times church becomes so closed-minded, so, so this is our... Our, our social club. This is where we come once a week and we love each other. We, 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 we talk to each other. We have picnics together. We go to the lake together. We do events. And we get so focused on one another that we forget about our purpose as Christians. Right? And then, and, and because there's one thing that Brother Hagin used to, he, they ground into us in Ramah, and that was the simple truth that the first thing any born-again, spirit-filled Christian should be a part of is having a vision for the lost and dying world. That's what, that should be the first thing that, ignifier, that ignites in you. Right? Oh, Lord, God. And I'm going to tell you something. My heart cries out. 
as a pastor, when I, when I travel the world and talk with other people and talk with other ministers, when I see so many people that are Christians, but yet they're doing nothing with it, right? Doing nothing with it. This is why I'm always encouraging you to pursue your plan, to pursue your purpose. I'm, encouraged, I'm pushing you towards your... I want, I, I'm not afraid to ask you to step out and do something. And you can tell me, no, that's okay. Because, you know, I'm not all-knowing, right? But I want to push you to your potential. See, my job is to train you up into the giftings that God has called you to, or God has given you so that you can walk out and do what He's called you to do, right? I'm not just called to entertain you every week. I'll do that too, but I'm called to push you, to encourage you, to love you, to lift you up, to train you, to teach you what you need so you can take the next step. Amen? So that we're pursuing the lost and dying world, right? And, but there's too many, there's far too many churches today that aren't teaching their people that it takes all of us to fulfill God's will towards men. Now, so what is God's will toward men? Well, let's go with me at 2 Peter 3. 2 Peter 3, we're going to start right there in verse 8. And I'm going to read this out of the King James. I like the Passion, but the King James is shorter. But it says, but beloved, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years. And a thousand years as with one day, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's God's will towards men. He doesn't want anybody to be lost. He doesn't want to lose anybody. He doesn't want anybody to be destroyed. He doesn't want anybody to perish. He's not giving you a sickness or giving you problems to to take you out out of the equation. Right? That comes straight from the enemy himself called the devil. God's will is that you do not perish, you prosper, and that you come to the full knowledge of the truth of his word. Right? And I'm going to tell you something. That's the greatest vision that you can have for your life is to understand God's will for you. And that's it. Right? Because when you understand that, it paints a picture of just who you are in Christ. And that's the biggest area that people struggle with, is understanding who they are in Christ, right? But you've got to learn to see yourself according to Scripture, and then believe it by faith, but not stop there. Now you have to act on that, take a step of faith toward that desire, toward that dream in your heart, so that you can fulfill the plan that God has for your life, which in some form or some capacity, includes reaching the lost, right? And I'm going to tell you, reaching the lost, if you've never brought anybody to Christ, there is nothing that will give you more enjoyment, more excitement. You know, there's no drug, there's no alcohol, there's there's nothing, nothing, nothing. Then when you sit across the table from a person or sit across and, and you're telling them and sharing with them a simple story and you see the tears and you see the, 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 their brokenness and you see their kindness change as they receive Christ and you know now that they've got an eternity in heaven. Oh, glory to God. It's addicting. It really is. If you've never done it, I want you to try. I want you to try. All right, man? 
But you, gotta, you can never forget God's purpose. Is it for men to get saved and come to the, the, the truth of his word that's laid out right before us? That's God's will for all of us. And the great thing is, is as a pastor, I'm honored to share the gospel. You know, we all should be honored to share the gospel. Right? We're, we're, matter of fact, Paul, look on me in Ephesians right there. Paul knew this. Ephesians uh, 3. Ephesians 3. Paul knew this. It's an honor to share the good news. And it's an honor to, 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 to share the gospel, to share Jesus, right? I'm going to read this out of the New Living. Because look what Paul says. This is so cool. It says, when I think of all this, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, beginning in verse 1, for the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming by the way that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it previous generations, but now by his spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. But this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. That's us. But both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. Man, that right there ought to make you jump and shout right there to the roof. Glory to God. But what I want you to look at is verse 7. It says, by God's grace, this is Paul talking, by God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Guys, Paul understood his purpose. Uh, Paul understood the plan that God had for him. Paul knew why he was, I can't wait to sit and just ask and ask questions. I mean, glory. Paul was pretty awesome. You know, I know he, we all did some things, but Paul was pretty awesome. But he knew his purpose. He knew why he was there. And he counted it a privilege to bring people into the body of Christ. And the cool thing is, if you go on down to verse 11, it says, this was his eternal plan. See, that, it was an eternal plan. That was a plan that never stops. It never ceases. It's for eternity. Glory to God. Guys, that's the same for us. We're called to reach the lost and hurting world. You know, don't look at your friends that don't know Jesus and see them suffering and just give them a pity party and a pat on their back. It's time for us to wake up, be bold. Come on, be the missionary we're called to be and share the answer, the good news of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. See, I, I, well, we'll get into that. But glory to God. Listen. God has given all of us, every believer, the same mandate, which is to reach the lost. We know that through Matthew 28. Come on, the Great Commission, verse 18. says, this is Jesus. He's given us the mandate. He says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven on earth. Therefore, go make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Now that's the Great Commission. That's, that's the, the command, the mandate that has been given to all of us is to reach the lost, right? And then, but we don't stop there. 
See, there's a lot of ministries, and, 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 and this is, I'm talking about in the body of Christ. They're excellent at getting people saved. They're excellent at reaching lost, and thank God for that. But see, they drop the ball when they, what to do next? Because we're also called not only to reach them, but we're called to make disciples, right? Come on, that's, that's where the church has dropped the ball. We can't just get them saved. We need to get them saved, but we need to grow them spiritually. Come on, so that they understand how to operate in God's systems, how to allow His Word to work through them in their life. Come on, they need to be growing spiritually so that they can become the missionary that they're called to be so that the cycle just keeps working. They keep getting people saved. They keep making disciples. Come on, and then through all of this process, the kingdom of God is just growing. Growing and growing. Amen? I mean, that was the mission that the church was birthed for. Right there. That's it. Right there. To reach the lost and make disciples. Reach the lost and make disciples. Reach the lost and make disciples. Reach, I mean, that's it. That's it. And that's the gauge that you can put. If you ever want to know, is your ministry working? Are you reaching the lost? Are you growing disciples? Right? Because I, and you can actually use that in your own life. Am I reaching anybody? Am I talking? And I know it's hard, guys. I do it all the time. For every 10 people that I offer the, to, to talk to or to pray with or any of that, maybe it one will allow me. Some don't tell me things that I don't like to hear. But that doesn't stop me. It can't stop me. Why? Because God Almighty gave me a mandate. Not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm a believer. Right? We all have that same mandate. You know, I, I was talking with one friend of mine, and he, he and we're friends now. He's he's going through some things, and and he 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 doesn't he's in and out of church and a lot of things. So I'm trying to talk him through and this that and the other. He doesn't live here, but he was telling me he said one of the hardest things for him is to hear me come across and tell and to encourage him to really dive into the church and dive into, into get, dive into God and to get into His Word and to get into a good church family. But then he says, I go to church and all I get is a pity party and a pat on my back. Oh, you poor pitiful. We're going to say a prayer for you, right? Come on, as a church, we need to say, hey, grab them by the neck and say, listen, you need to get some Jesus in your life. Come on, let's grow you up. I got some books you need to read. Start by reading your word. You need to get in a small group. Come on. See, we got to be more, we got to be more active towards reaching these people because the answer that we have needs to get that's in you needs to get in them. And it's only going to happen if people reach people. Right? Amen. Glory to God. The church was created to be missionaries. All right? It was. It was created, and I'm going to tell you, if, you're, if a church isn't affecting the community or the world that's around them, it's not doing its part, you know? And that's not going to be Compass Church. It's not going to be. You know, I love the uh, Highlands, the Church of the Highlands did their serve day yesterday, and I was talking with some people, and uh, I forget how many thousands of people within the state of Alabama that were out, thousands serving. Washing windows, picking up trash, cutting grass, building this, building that, fixing that, just sharing the love of Jesus. Whoo, that's missions. That's outreach. Hats off to them. Praise God. That's, they have that influence. They have that capability. God called them to do that. That's, that's powerful. That's powerful, 
right? Missions is not just an overseas thing. Missions is right here. That's why we've created the Compassion Team. Amen? Listen, as Christians, we always, as believers, you've always got to keep in the back of your mind the, the law. Well, I don't know, the lostness of man. Keep in the back of your mind that there are people that are lost, right? You've got to keep that in the back of your mind. And, and, and you've got to keep, also remind yourself to not fall into the rut of the world, but remind yourself that without Christ, those people will stay lost. Now, and you've got to also encourage yourself that by knowing that, well, wait a minute, well, how are they going to get Jesus? Because it takes people to reach people. So you, we should be getting up every day and asking God, all right? And I do this. Who are you going to send, Lord, keep my eyes open so that I understand and I clearly see that when you send someone across my path, Holy Spirit, you're going to give me the words to say. You're going to give me the answers to questions. You're going to give me everything that I need to bring them into the, to the goodness and the truth of you, who you are. That's my prayer every day. And I'm looking, and then I'm intentional as I walk and as I work. Right, and I'm looking for people. And it's funny, the gas station I stop for I frequent. You know, they I've kind of got that reputation down there now. Oh, there's the preacher man, and they don't even know I'm a pastor. But uh, but they'll 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 joke around about who am I going to talk to in the parking lot because I'm always walking and I'm looking. You know, who's it going to be? You know, who's it go- who's going to get it? Who's going to get it? You know. But listen, if they don't want to hear, I don't push anything on them. I never do. But I'm looking. As believers, we should be looking. We should be looking to make disciples. We shouldn't have hurting friends. We shouldn't have hurting family members. Now, if they totally rebuke and refuse what you've got to say, then that's time to move on. We don't coddle them and we don't chase them. Come on, because if you're coddling them and chasing them, that's pulling you away from reaching somebody that really is willing to receive Jesus. Right? And then then your prayer for them is, God, let them hear. Send the people across their path that they'll listen to because it clearly wasn't me. And I do that all the time. But the thing is, is you've got to remember and remind yourself to be intentional to do this and know that you have the answer on the inside of you. And as a result, and because you're reading and you're studying and you're growing spiritually so that you can be a mentor, so that you can pray, you can pray in someone's life, you can speak into someone's life, you've got to understand that you must teach and preach what God has put in you. See, I shouldn't be the only one preaching and the only one teaching. It should be all of us in some form or some capacity. Amen? Amen. And we should always follow Jesus' example. Just look at the the example he... I mean, when you think about the life of Jesus, Jesus was a missionary because he was sent to uh, to reach lost and hurting people. Right? Now, what do we do when we send a missionary overseas? We pray over them and we send them out to reach a lost and dying, hurting people, right? And that's what Jesus, that was the example that Jesus set before us. He was a missionary sent to save the lost and make disciples because look what he did with his disciples, right? He taught them. He set an example for them. Look with me. I love what he said right here. Look with me at John chapter 4. I think it's verse John chapter 4, look what, the, look the, what it is, is uh, the disciples are trying to get Jesus to eat right here. Look what Jesus says, this is so cool. Yeah, 31. I'm going to read this out of the Passion, it's got, it gives a little bit more 
gusto to it. All right, the disciples are trying to get Jesus to eat. It says, then the disciples began to insist that Jesus eat some food. They brought back with them saying, teacher, you must eat something. But Jesus told them, I have eaten a meal you don't know about. Puzzled by this, the disciples began to discuss it among themselves. Did somebody already bring him some food? What in the world? To clarify, Jesus spoke up and said, this is so cool. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and bring it to completion. So, in other words, it's the fuel that drove Jesus. It wasn't Taco Bell. It wasn't Chick-fil-A. It wasn't filet mignon. Even those things are, those things are good. Not the Taco Bell, but they're only, you know, each to your own, right? But the fuel that drove Jesus was to do the work that God sent him to do. It was people. And I've already said this. The number one, you you study the life of Jesus, and the number one thing that he was interested in, it wasn't about having big houses. It wasn't about prosperity. It wasn't about having blessings. And it wasn't about having abundance. Even those those things are good, and they are for us, and they are a part of our covenant. But the number one thing that Jesus was after was people. His number one interest was people. He loved them. He did, and if you study him, and you should do a, you should do a study on his life. He, he reached the lost, the hurting. It didn't matter who they were, where they were. Typically, it was, they started with the outcasts. The ones that the other people said, you don't get around. But he says, wait a minute, I'm Jesus, I will. Right? But he loved people. And if Jesus, that's what he's interested in, come on, that's what we should be interested in. We should have the, that should be the fuel that drives us. And not only to get the lost saved, but to make disciples. See, we've got to do better at making disciples. Now, if you're going to make disciples, become a discipler, you should be growing spiritually too. Right? You should be growing spiritually too. Because, you know, that's why, that's why we have Wednesday Night Dive. That's why we have our reading plan. That's why we're encouraging the new app, uh, uh, reading uh, plan on the app. We want to get people into the Word because we need disciples growing up that can disciple. Because let me tell you something, a small group is not just about gathering around and grilling barbecue. The small group about, is about discipling people into the truth and growing them up and spiritually so that they can fulfill the plan that God has for them. Whew, glory to God. But see, the, one of the biggest mistakes of the church is that we put such a focus on just getting people saved without any regard for the next step in their life. And what happens, guys, or like people, is, is you get them saved... But they don't know anything. They never, most of them have never been in church. Well, then they go home and nothing changes in their life because they don't know what's next. They don't know what's up. What's, what am I supposed to feel? What, in their eyes, this is supposed to be a magic trick. I got saved. God's magically going to erase all the problems in my life. And guess what? They wake up Monday morning and everything's the same. Now they're mad at God. And now they, they're mad, and now they don't want to go back to church. Now they don't like Christians. Now they're, you see how they, and the enemy's just smiling all the way to the bank. But see, when you get them saved, we got a little book back there that we give them out. It's, it's called The Next Step, to tell them what is that next step. It doesn't mean, it, and it, it doesn't, it's, and it's a process. We got to get them started on that process and let the process of, of sanctification start that's going to work through them and cleanse them and get them, get them where they need to be through the process of their life. Amen. But see, 
the church today is stuck in the get them caught and not taught mentality. And that's, that's sad. That's a sad point. And as a result, we've created an attitude in a lot of church, churches where we want to just keep it all for ourselves. Keep it all for ourselves. People want they want to get saved, and they and they and then they do they get in part of their church, and they become a part of their church. But then they go back to work, and they they they, they not everybody, but some people I've seen it, I've seen it. They go back to work, and they fall back into the rut, the groove, the talking the way people are talking, acting the way people are acting. But then Sunday comes back around, and they're back in church, and they're trying to trying to put on. They, they've got two faces on, right? But God knows, God knows, right? And, 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 and as a result, we, we have this attitude where we, wanna, we don't want to share what we've received. We don't want to share the life experiences or share the change that happened in us when we received Jesus. But that's what we're called to do. That's, what we're, well, that's the mandate that's been given to us, to reach those lost and hurting people, right? And I'm gonna just look up at the, the at the example that Jesus left us because his one of his greatest ministries it wasn't all the miracles those were fabulous and fantastic but one of Jesus' greatest ministries was training his disciples. I mean he was it was it's just you really should do a study on his life. It's really cool to see that. And 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 you know you know thinking about why 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 shouldn't we just keep it all for ourselves? Well. We should be sharing it. That's my point. Okay. Right. But then, now we've gotten a mindset that we don't want to share it. We just want to come to church and get our own problems fixed. Well, think about it like this. In Israel, you have, you got the Sea of Galilee. Okay. And it's not really big. I mean, it's a decent size. But it's fed by the Jordan River there. And it's a beautiful place. I've never been there. I haven't had the privilege to go there. But it's one of the most beautiful places on the earth. I know people that have been. I've seen pictures. And, and, and it's just amazing the beauty, beauty that's there. It's just it's unbelievable. All right? So you have this sea, the Sea of Galilee, and it's fed. It's the largest freshwater uh, reservoir in Israel. Okay? And now you go just a little bit south of there, and you got the Dead Sea. And it's also fed by the Jordan River. Okay? So you got, and I think the Dead Sea is about 70 miles south of the Sea of Galilee. All right, so you've got the Sea of Galilee, fresh water, beauty, full of life and abundance, most glamorous, glorious place in nature on earth right there. And then south of there, you have the Dead Sea that is just barren, dead, no life, nothing can live there. Matter of fact, they say that the, the salinity is so strong in the Dead Sea, that when, when, when fish swim into it from the fresh water, right, they, they, they die. They can't, they can't survive there, right? So, so what's the difference right there? What's the difference? Both of them are fed by the Jordan. They're both fed, by the, the, uh, by, by, they're both fed with fresh waters, okay? So you have one that's, that's full of life and one that's toxic. So what's the difference? Well, the difference is, and this is so cool when God showed me this, the Sea of Galilee takes water in from the Jordan. Okay? Takes it in. But it not only does it take it in, it gives it back. Takes it in, gives it back. Takes it in, gives it back. Takes it in, gives it back. Jesus says it's better to give than to receive, doesn't it? Think about it. 
It takes it in, gives it back. And as a result, it produces an abundance of life, abundance of life, beauty, unamazing, amazing things. But you go 65 miles south to the Dead Sea. That's a totally different story because the Dead Sea only takes. It only takes the water in, only takes it in and holds it and hoards it and keeps it until it evaporates. Always that, oh, glory to God. The same is true with our spiritual lives. Think about it. When you receive Jesus and all the benefits that come with that, right? And they're all there. We've talked about them many times. We are called to give it back. Ooh, glory to God. I mean, that's the very wisdom of the words that Jesus says when it says it's better to give than to receive. Glory to God. Guys, you have world-changing power on the inside of you. And we've all been called to fulfill the Great Commission. We've all been called to be a missionary, to reach the lost, to grow disciples, to grow spiritually into the things of God, but not to stop there, but to share that wisdom. And share that wisdom. And it's going to start with a desire for people, a hunger for people, right? And if you don't have it, because I didn't, I didn't have it. I'll be honest with you, I grew up inner city, hard life. You know, if you bump into me, I just assume cut you as, as say anything to you. It was just, it was not pretty, right? And I didn't like people. I, my life was consumed about me, only me. What can I do for me? Don't you get in my way? And it was all about me. But see, I found Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something. And I'm not just saying this, but that changed my life. And that, that, that stirred me up. And that desire, it didn't happen instantly, but that desire started to cultivate on the inside of me. I started realizing the wrongs I had and the mistakes I was making and the directions I needed to be going and the directions I needed not to be going. I, the, I, the, the process of sanctification began in my life, right? And when I, that created a desire and an excitement and a passion for people in me, and that's the drive and the fuel that gets me up and gets me going, and I want to see people not sad. I want to see people happy. I want to see people walking in the promises of God, blessed to be a blessing. Glory to God. Sowing and reaping and living in his pro- with His procedures that He's got in His Word for us to base our lives on. Glory to God. That's the fuel that drives me. And I want you as the people of Compass Church to have that same passion and that same drive, you know, so we can get this message all over the world. You know, there's a lot of ministers today that will tell you the message is already all over the world. We're just waiting on Jesus to come back. Because of technology, the message is already there. But you know, I, I've said that too. I, I've thought about that. But the more I thought about it and I prayed and I was talking, God said, the message isn't all the way there. And, and he brought to remembrance. And actually, Anna and I were having this conversation. And of the, the there's a, I think it's off of India. There's an island where some of you know the story where a missionary tried to go and share the gospel right there and he was speared on the beach. And the, and the government, I think it was India, they, they, they couldn't go, they don't go to this island because these people are, it's, it, they're dangerous. They don't know these people, they don't know their language, nobody goes there, they just give them their space, they live on there. And this young guy, I think he was out of Colorado, he was going there to share the gospel and he got somebody to drop him off on the beach and he walked in and he made it probably from here to that door and they speared him and killed him right there on the beach. And the government had to find a way to come in to retrieve his body and they, to do that. But you know what? That's an unreached group. An unreached group. 
They haven't heard Jesus. We don't know their language. Amen. The point is, is don't quit. Don't, don't try to figure God out and say, well, you know, we're done. We don't have to do this anymore. We're just waiting on the boat to get out of here. No, you keep that fuel and you keep that drive and you keep that passion alive to reach people doing what we're called to do. Now, listen, some people are called to world missions. Some people, are, some people sitting right here are called to other countries. You've been dealing with it in your heart. Now, this isn't a, thus saith the Lord. This is just, I know, right? All right. And, and you've been dealing with it, and you've, you, you've gotten into, into life, and you've, you've gotten into a job, or maybe you've gotten married, and then, and, and then you're not, you, that dream and that desire is starting to get put out, that fire is starting to get put out, because you're caught up in the world, instead of pursuing God first, and His, His leading you. Yeah. See, that desire in your heart lines up with the God-given dream that He has. He's just waiting on you to build that desire to the point where you'll take the step of faith. And let me let him work through you, right? And and, and there's people that are that, that have had a desire for uh, Malaysia, desire for Australia, desire for for all of all different places, right? And I'm, I I want to encourage you, act on that, act on that. Don't. There's nothing worse than getting to be 51 like I am, all right? And and think back to the years that you didn't spend pursuing God's plan for your life. Because you can't help but think of... Because I think back. I think back. You know, I didn't get saved until I was 25. And I think back, man, what could I have done in those first 20 years or 15 years when I got old enough to understand what was happening, right? I want to encourage you, you keep that fire going. And if God's called you to go, go. But always remember, we're all called to something. If you're not called to go overseas, then you're called to send, Okay? That's why we, we, do, we support missionaries. That's why we ask you to support our missionary fund. Right? And, that, and that's where you need to get with God. And say, all right, God, you know, how do you want me to sow into what missionary or this or that or other? You're either called to go on the mission field overseas or you're called to send them. And if you're called to send, then I encourage you. You do the, everything you can with your business. You grow it the best that you can. You push your career to the top of the game. Do the best that you can and you keep God first and you stay in touch with Him and let Him lead you through the Holy Spirit on how to give back into His kingdom. Right? Because that's how missionaries operate. And I'm going to tell you one of the biggest things for missionaries, especially missionaries that aren't under big organizations, is funding, is receiving funding. Because can you imagine, we've been there. You get overseas and you're there. And thank God we had such a foundation of faith in us and trust and believe in God that if we'd ever looked at the bank account, we just looked and we knew what we were called to do and we knew that God would make a way in some capacity. But you think of somebody that doesn't and they're sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, we got $50 and we got we to last two, you know, two months on that. What are we going to do? You know, The missionaries shouldn't have to be wondering where their funds are coming from. Listen... John tells us in, uh, uh, John, Jesus tells us in John 15:1 that we're supposed to bear fruit. We should be bearing fruit. And when you study Jesus and his life, it doesn't take long to understand that the, his very heartbeat is the world. And that should be your heartbeat too. It should be your heartbeat. And that's where those dreams come into play. All right? That, that, that's where those, those, those dreams come into play. And don't ever give up on those dreams. 
and never give up on the fact that, that we've all been given the same mandate to reach the lost, either to go to other nations or to help send people to other nations, or look for how God has called you to be a missionary right here. A missionary is just reaching lost. And let me tell you something. There's some lost people in Auburn and Opelika. There's lost people in Beauregard, Alex City. Everywhere you go, there's going to be lost people. Especially with the deception that is on the land. And we've talked about that, right? At the, in the last days. And it, it is here. But I want to encourage you. Missions goes with the local church. That is the very vision of the local church. That is why it's in our vision. That is what God has called us to do. It's what God has called you to do. It's what we're going to do. Glory to God. Create that desire for people in your heart and create that passion and allow that passion to push you. And let me tell you something. If you have a desire to go, talk to me. We will see and we can find out if it's God. And if you need to go, then we're going to get you out of here. Not that I want you gone, but I want you fulfilling what God has called you to do. Amen? Amen. It's very important. Glory to God. We're all missionaries in some capacity. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Let's pray.